You're listening to The Den Download, a podcast designed to help coaches and movement enthusiasts with tools and insights for building a strong body, a stronger mindset, and your strongest life. I'm your host, Allison Tenney, a strength and conditioning coach on this journey with you to have in-depth conversations of what it means to have an impact on and in the world around us. Let's dive in. What's up, team? Welcome to episode 12 of The Den Download, where today we are going to dive into the topic of motivation. And not just what makes you motivated and how motivation isn't sustainable, because I think those conversations are being had in the online space, particularly when it comes to fitness. How are you maintaining your routine? How are you staying consistent? And there's a big conversation going on around motivation and how motivation is not something that you can rely on. We are not motivated all the time. So if it's not motivation, what can you rely on? To me, this is a big piece of the self-trust puzzle. So today I want to talk about self-trust, how it relates to motivation, and how you can develop those things to be consistent in whatever practice you have. Now I get it. Self-trust can be difficult. It seems like this big, just gnarly knot of crap to untangle. But to me, it's also the missing piece in a lot of the conversations that we are having. If you don't have the trust in yourself to keep promises to yourself, how are you going to continue to build self-trust? So when you say things like, I'm going to accomplish X, Y, or Z, or I'm going to set this goal and this is my plan. If you know you're going to break promises with yourself and not follow through, that self-trust is never going to be developed. And to solely rely on motivation we know is not realistic. So how do we develop that self-trust piece? And I think we need to walk this conversation back because so much of the self-trust is in the stories that we tell ourselves, the narratives, the beliefs that we have around who we are. And those things are allowed to change. I feel like growing up, I have this story around myself of I'm a people pleaser and I'm a really nice person and I really work hard. And humans have these stories around who we are, how hard we work, the type of personalities that we have, as if they are unable to change. And I disagree. I think a lot of the stories that we have, we just haven't examined them yet. Am I a people pleaser? Or am I really just afraid that I am unlovable? Do I really work super hard for everything that I have? Or do I have white privilege that has given me a leg up in certain areas? And I think once we start to unravel a lot of these stories and narratives that we have, it actually opens up a lot more possibilities. The problem is that by acknowledging them, people misconstrue that with being shameful. If I acknowledge 
that I have white privilege, if I acknowledge that I am, was, still working on being a people pleaser, that somehow shame is a part of that equation. And that's also part of the work that we have to do to get rid of. But it's so much easier when you shine the light on it. Because shame and guilt have a hard time being part of the narrative when you acknowledge it, when you shine that light on it. And I think diving into those things to shine light on what you deem are your personality traits when maybe they're just a way to cover up who you really are. That's the work that we need to do to actually build the self-trust that we need to have the motivation to accomplish whatever goals we say we have, to show up at the gym when we really don't want to. It's also the difference between having internal and external motivation. Where are we driven from and what are we driven by? I'm not saying external motivation is necessarily a bad thing. I think those things can be valuable when used appropriately. But if it's always external motivation or always external validation that you're seeking, those things will never be enough. That's what we see so much in the fitness industry is a lot of external motivation that's used on people to sell, to market to, to make them believe that they're not enough and that the external validation that they seek will make them enough. And self-worth doesn't work that way. How can we flip the script, change that narrative so that the internal motivation and internal validation can be there? That's where self-trust comes into play. How are you keeping promises to yourself? If you say you're going to wake up and work out, are you keeping that promise to yourself? And the workout doesn't need to be perfect. This is something that I talk about and work with clients all the time. Sometimes the intention is simply to show up in your space. It's not about the workout. Keeping that promise is the showing up. Maybe you're doing just a five-minute warm-up. See how that feels, and then you can continue on. But you've kept the promise of showing up, not kept the promise of showing up and doing the warm-up and doing your whole workout perfectly. Sometimes those things can feel too overwhelming. And when we get overwhelmed, then we give ourselves the excuse of having it be too much, too much on our plate, too much in our head. We have too much going on. So what gets cut first? The things that are good for us, the things that we say we want. So can we simplify by instead building the self-trust by just showing up and seeing how things go. Now, there are also certain aspects that you can put in place to help remove certain barriers. That's why having a plan, having a coach, having accountability, having a community can always, always be so helpful. If you walk, if you walk in without a plan or you know that nobody else is depending on you so hitting snooze a couple more times or eh, maybe not today maybe tomorrow those things can now become the habit and you're chipping away at that self-trust piece you're not keeping promises to yourself and I know we do this in so many other areas of our lives 
And I'm not saying that everything you tell yourself you need to follow through with. I also don't believe in that. It's learning that discernment piece within your own body for what is realistic for you and for what you need. And we don't necessarily have the reps or the practice to do that. And so we have to start. We have to start today. We have to start making those decisions. We have to push certain edges to figure out what those boundaries are for us. If you are super rigid and you want to show up five, six days a week inside of your workout and hit every number and every exercise and do it perfectly, great. Is that realistic for you moving forward? If it is, keep moving forward. But for most of us, having some flexibility around a plan allows you to show up inside that plan when life happens. Because here's the thing, that shitty voice in your head, that inner critic, she's not going away. But I do think we can turn down the volume on her a bit. One of my favorite books and one of my favorite authors, Elizabeth Gilbert, wrote the book Big Magic. I highly, highly recommend reading it. And one of the metaphors that she uses around fear, and and I think it goes well with this idea of the inner critic and that voice, is that fear will always be along for the ride. And so I like to think of this minivan or this car ride, this big family car ride, right? And you have yourself as the driver. And we do not want fear sitting shotgun. Like that bitch needs to get in the trunk. But she's gonna be along for the ride. And so how can we still put a seatbelt on fear, on the inner critic, invite her into the car because you know that she's going to kick and scream even louder by trying to leave her behind. I think it's unrealistic for us to think that if we do enough self-help work, if we read enough Brené Brown and Glennon Doyle, that we will somehow heal ourselves and then everything will be rainbows and sunshine. I disagree. I think we can live healthier and happier lives by accepting all the pieces of ourselves. And that also makes me kind of cringe because there are pieces of myself that are very cringeworthy. (laughs) Pieces that I don't want to share openly, that I would love to get rid of, that I would love to kick out of that car and leave far, far behind. But the more I fight it, The more I resist, the more the inner critic tries to scream and shout and get attention. And the more compassion I offer myself, the more promises I keep to myself. The more I can say, yep, there she is. What do you need? What are you trying to protect me from? What do we need to get curious about? And then move forward from there. And I'm not saying that this is my process every single time and I'm gentle with myself. No, sometimes I need a swift kick in the butt and that's what my good friends and therapists and husband are for. But that is also an important piece that we acknowledge. And when we talk about adding in the compassion piece, 
sometimes we can go a little bit too far. And by we, I mean me. Like, is skipping my workout the most compassionate thing I can do for myself? Mm, I don't know. How is my sleep? How is my hydration? How is my nutrition? How is my mental health? Typically for me, if I start skipping workouts for more than a week or two, I feel it mentally. I know it in my bones that moving my body, that working on my strength, working on my fitness, giving myself that gift of grit and grind is actually what I need, is actually more compassionate. When all I want to do is lie in bed. Like humans... (laughs) don't we don't want to work who actually wants to work hard who like wants to grind I I don't know maybe Gary V then go listen to Gary V but I'm not here like grind and hustle culture I'm more of a both and like working hard yes but also compassion and rest is the other side of that equation and sometimes we can swing too far to hustle and grind and too far to compassion and rest. And it's up to each individual to figure out what that ebb and flow in your life is. There are going to be periods and not just like days or weeks, but maybe months, maybe years, I don't know, where you need compassion and rest. It's just not a hustle time for you. You've got a lot on your plate things are chaotic, you're overwhelmed. And so the thought of trying to get up for some 5am workout and have all of that extra obligation is not going to work for you. Maybe it's the five minute yoga practice or a little bit of stretching. That's okay. Because there will be a time when you aren't as overwhelmed and you have more time to focus on the fitness piece. And we put too much pressure on ourselves to be perfect in all of these areas. Pick what your priority is and go from there. Self-trust is about keeping those small promises to yourself and also befriending that inner critic. Knowing fear and doubt will be along for the ride and inviting them along with compassion. Not giving them the roadmap, but maybe keeping them safe way in the back seat. It's having the practice and the conviction that you will be kind to yourself regardless of the outcome of your efforts. So I hope you will practice the self-trust and the self-compassion that it takes to reach whatever goals you have set for yourself. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Den Download. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any of our conversations. If you appreciate the show, hop on over to iTunes and give us some stars. For more tips and notes from the show, check out allisontennyfitness.com and make sure to follow and come say hi over on the gram at Allison Tenney. Talk to you next week.